Have you thought about securing your hard-earned assets? Do you have concerns about the future? Protecting assets is crucial, and that's where Nelson Elder Care Law excels. As a family-owned and family-focused firm, we provide absolute assurance and peace of mind through our trademarked Absolute Protection Trust, tailored services in estate planning, probate administration, Medicaid crisis solutions, guardianship, and conservatorship. Our goal is to exceed your expectations and empower informed decisions. Visit NelsonElderCareLaw.com for asset protection and peace of mind. This is Atlanta's exclusive home for Atlanta Braves baseball, bringing you the latest on the Braves all year. Now the fan presents the Braves Clubhouse Report. I fly ball, deep left center. That one's arcing toward the stands. It's gone. Presented by Arrow Exterminators. Call 888-GO-ARROW or visit arrowexterminators.com. It's to Freddy. Smashed high in the air, deep right field, out to the chop house, and it's gone. This is the home of the Braves, the Fan 680 and 93.7 FM. Now, the Braves Clubhouse Report. Glad to have you with us for another edition of the Braves Clubhouse Report right here on your home of the Braves, the world champion Braves, the Fan 680 and 93.7 FM. Kevin McAlpin here with you, taking you up to Chuck and Chernoff at the bottom of the hour. Joined in studio, and man, we are reunited, and uh, it is so good to see Ben Ingram back in studio with hey, us here. Hey, Uncle Ben. Hey, Uncle Ben. That's right. Uncle Ben is in, in the building here today. Ben, how are you, I think friend? the last time we saw each other, we were stumbling out of the visiting hotel in mm-hmm. Houston at about 4 a.m. Yeah, I think it was a little later than 4, to be honest. Probably so, yeah. yeah. It's, it's all a blur. It gets a little foggy. It's a big blur. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's been about a month since the Braves uh, took home the hardware, and I don't know about you, man, but I, I still I walk around the city. I, I walk I watch TV, I see commercials, I see all the merch, we get handed stuff here in the studio, and I don't know, man, it still feels a little surreal that this actually happened. I don't know how you feel about well, it. To me, there's a steady balance here of continuing to soak in everything that happened, and at the same time trying to digest everything that's currently happening, yeah. because you know, here in a few months, we hope, uh, they're going to be <laughs> heading down to Florida and starting up spring training and doing this again. Mm-hmm. So you, you want to be good again. You want to experience this again. So there's a steady balance of enjoying all that, but at the same time, all right, what's this roster going to look like once you get down to Florida, come opening day, who's your first baseman, what else is going to be there, What's who's not going to be there. So you, you saw what this team was able to accomplish, and you saw what they're capable of, and what we saw in the final two months of the season, and then, of course, the postseason run that hardly anyone could have predicted we saw all it come together. Now you want to see it again. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's that's kind of where I've been for the last month is enjoying this, uh, enjoying the conversations that I've had with people who have asked, what has it been like? What was that experience like? What do you remember? And also, is, is Freddie Freeman going to be a brave again next year? Who's going to be on this roster, et cetera? So those are the things that uh, I'm kind of balancing right now. And I can tell you this much, no matter what happens, uh, I'm looking forward to next year. Yeah, certainly going to be an interesting uh, 13, 14 hours here as we, uh, well, less than that, less than 12 hours now until we uh, see if the CBA expires at midnight and if there is a work stoppage. It does sound like things are trending in that direction. We'll, we'll talk more about the roster coming up in just a little while. There is some news the Braves have made this week with guys they non-tendered. Also, bringing in Kirby Yates to a two-year $8.25 million deal. Get your thoughts on that a little bit later on in the show. But I want to go back a little under a month ago to parade day. And you were on one of the floats with uh, Joe and Jim and Jay Chad. Uh, saw you guys having a blast. Uh, take us through what that's like just being part of a parade. You, you had 
really a two-part parade. You were downtown for a couple of hours, and you come up here to the ballpark. You had the celebration here. What was it like from your vantage point, just seeing all the folks that turned out on parade day? It was overwhelming to me. I, I've never seen, first of all, I've never seen that many people in one place. And I can tell you this much, I've never seen that many happy people yeah. in one place. I feel like in, in our current culture, in, in our world today, you get that many people together, people are angry about something. <laughs> so to see that many people excited about one thing, to see so many people show up, and this meant so many things, to so many great things to so many people, and to be right in the middle of that, and to see our team celebrating the way that they deserve to celebrate and be celebrated by the fans who are there, I, I just kept... The thing that I remember more than anything is every time we hit a turn and you'd look up ahead and you'd see more people. Then you make another turn and there's more people. I kept pointing at the guys in the truck. I'm like, I said, look up there. Look at that. Look at the turn up here. Look how many people are up there. Look how many people are over here. And, And that's what just blew me away. It wasn't just one section where you went through and there's all the people and then it kind of fizzles out. It was consistent. Uh, Just thousands and thousands and thousands of people and I love it that we had kind of a, a halftime in between two different legs getting to go downtown the the original parade route and then coming up here coming through the battery when we made the turn into the battery just overwhelmed by the the, the sheer volume of people who were here looking up the balconies and every balcony was full mm-hmm. going through going past the parking deck going past the orange deck yeah. and every single deck all five levels were shoulder to shoulder across the whole thing there wasn't a gap in there anywhere so seeing that many people that was overwhelming and seeing that many happy people was uh, really a level of joy that I don't know that I've really seen before or experienced in my life. I think I had people sitting on the hood of my car when I got back. <laughs> it looked like there was a some indentation. Yeah, you're right. It was it was as far as the eye could see. It was wall-to-wall people. I was here with Max, my son, and we had some friends, and we were just hanging out in the battery. And it, just the, the celebratory atmosphere of, I mean, just people giving high fives to total strangers. And like you said, everyone just coming together to be happy and to enjoy it. And I think probably what we went through last year of being apart and being being in front of cardboard cutout fans and fake noise, it probably made it even that much better knowing that we were all back together. And there was that sense of normalcy, I think, once again. Yeah, that's a good point because you just went through a year and a half where it, it was frowned upon to shake people's hands mm-hmm. and people are giving lame elbow bumps and things like that. <laughs> right. I'm slapping hands in the, and all I did was broadcast the games. Yeah. I didn't do anything. Yeah. Uh, so I, I love seeing the, the players celebrated the way that they were folks tossing beers up on top of the double-decker buses and those guys having so much fun and getting the attention that they deserve because they what they did was truly historic. All right, be honest. And, and you're, a, you're a very humble guy for all you've accomplished over the course of your career. Your call has been everywhere. I can't, I can't go uh, 30 minutes without hearing your call of the final out of the World Series somewhere, whether it's MLB Network or ESPN or MLB.com. What is that like knowing you're now a part of, of Braves history moving forward? Um, I mean, it, it's a lot. It really is. It's um, it, it it was it it was such a good feeling to have it all done because you knew that whatever was said was permanent. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're you're etching something in stone, and it's going to be attached to that for the good or the bad. And uh, and I've said this before. I, I've heard people script out calls before, and they I just that's not me. Right. I wanted to just call the play, get it accurate. Say the Atlanta Braves have won the World Series. I wanted to time stamp it with the year. And if I was able to accomplish that, and then I felt like that would be a call that would last, that you could listen to in 30 years, 100 years, 200 years, and it would still stand the test of time. Uh, I, I think about Skip's call in 1995. That is permanently attached to that moment, and it's an amazing call of that moment. 
and that call uh, will live on. And, and it's uh, the fun thing to think about is is how whether I die tonight or whether I live another 60 years, that will live on as, as attached to that moment. And that's the overwhelming thing to me. And um, uh, the one the one thing that really got me where it, it was kind of mind-blowing, there, there's been a commercial that's been running on MLB Network, where, and it's about a 30-second commercial, and they have a, a camera panning over world championship rings. And as they pass the Cubs ring in 2016, they had Pat Hughes called. As they passed the Nationals ring in 2019, they had Charlie Slows called. As they passed the Dodger ring, they had their call. And then they play my call, and it says, congratulations, Atlanta Braves world champions. And it's that's the part that, that really hits you because there's a, a, a long line of these calls, and there are so many amazing broadcasters in the history of our game who have never gotten to, to do one of those. Mm-hmm. And, and oddly enough, I got to, and... Um, it's been an overwhelming thing to hear that call multiple times, and I'm glad I didn't mispronounce somebody's name or something like that. <laughs> I'm just glad you didn't drop the trophy at the after party. Right, yeah. I know all of us got a chance to, to hold that. And that thing is heavier than I thought it, it was. It is. You know? I, I feel like that thing weighed about 60 pounds. I know. It had a big base on it, and you're picking it up. and you could. My favorite part was watching people pick it up for the first time and realizing as they're holding it, it's a lot heavier than they thought and almost yeah. dropping the thing. Yeah. But holding that thing and getting a picture made with it and um, that post-game party, normally with the with everything that I consumed that night, I wouldn't remember much of that mm-hmm. party, but I remember everything about that night. I and, got the uh, pictures and video to, yeah. if I need to refresh any of your memory. <laughs> but it was it was an incredible night. You're right. And and to be a part of it and, and uh, you know, to be a small part of it and, and get a chance to be there for game six. And I, I, my vantage point was in center field. You know where I was sitting uh-huh. in the auxiliary press box. And I was I was sitting next to Justin Felder from Fox 5. And when when the ball was hit from Solaire, I thought it was a foul ball at first. I looked at him. I said, that's foul. And he goes, no, that's, that's, that's way gone. <laughs> because from my vantage point, I look up, I see the ball go out, but I see Jorge's not running. And I'm going, man, that's just a absolute bomb. And then we had the monitor where he you know, was on a delay. And I'm like, oh, wow, that, that's a fair ball. I couldn't tell at first. Right. And then when Dansby, we knew Dansby's was gone. And I was in the booth right behind you guys when Freddie hit the home run. And that, right. was sort of the, uh, that was sort of the exclamation point on the whole night. But I, I really enjoyed uh, getting a chance to watch you guys do your thing from the back of the booth. I just tried not to get in the way. That was my whole thing. Just oh, stay out of your way. you did a great job of that. No, <laughs> it's, it's your booth as, as much as anybody's. But that, the, people have asked me, at what point during that game did you think that they were going to win the thing? And I've said Jorge's home run. Mm-hmm. Because it wasn't just a homer, Kev. It was the ferociousness of that homer. It wasn't just fact that he hit it out of the ballpark it was the style uh the violence of that home run I don't know that I've ever seen a home run quite like that especially in a moment like that and I can still vividly see that thing explode and it looked like something that a human would not be able to accomplish it looked like (laughs) that was shot out of a rocket and it just disappeared into the darkness and I'm so glad the roof was open because obviously it would have hit the glass and that would have been quite the spectacle but to see that ball disappear into the Texas night out of sight, out of the ballpark. Um, look, I've, I've come out of my shoes for some home runs before, but I, I don't think I've ever come out of my shoes quite like I did for that call just because of what I was witnessing, and that was just my natural reaction. It's basically like a holy blank. <laughs> I'm watching a baseball do that yeah. um, from this guy. So that was, to make it 3 nothing right there and just add on, What a I mean, that was just a magnificent shot and a big blow to the Astros in that game. And I felt like after that, especially with uh, the, the way that Max turned it on. Uh, I'm thinking tonight's the night. I think you probably could have said anything in that moment and not gotten in trouble. 
Like that's that's one <laughs> yeah. of those home runs where like man, can you believe what Ingram just said? Ah, whatever. It was a three run. I mean, it literally went out of the building. It hit a building across the street, right. and a couple of guys watching the game run out and grab the ball. Did you, have you seen? I'm sure you've seen that photo. Yeah, yeah. Of the guys that actually found the ball. Yes. That's incredible. Yeah, it is. And what's funny is there there are people that I had another call somewhere along the way where I said pitch with a P. <laughs> As in penguin, <laughs> and somebody thought I used a, another word, oh. and, and I'm like, no, I didn't say that. But you're right. If I if I ever wanted to throw an expletive out there, I guess that would have been the time. Fortunately, yeah. that didn't happen. If Eddie was... Rosario drops the hammer on that pitch. Hey, there it is on that on that pitch. It was pitch. I, I heard I pitch. Had, I had people <laughs> tweeting me saying, "Did you?" That, somebody said somebody tweeted me and said. <laughs> Well, it's really the Wild West in, in, <laughs> on radio. You can say anything you want. I said, that's not what I said. Uh, well, on, <clears throat> on some rain delay shows, it is. You know, Mariners get a win in their final game against the Ass. In the, I'm sorry, the uh, A's. Oh, Hoyt's just going through all the old ones now. You see, you can't, he doesn't even have headphones on. He can't even hear what you're doing here to him. Poor Ben. This will be the last time he ever comes in studio with us. All right, well, listen, we've got a lot of news to get to. Obviously, uh, a lot going on with Major League Baseball. Uh, it looks like we are just a few hours away from a potential lockout work stoppage. We'll get uh, all the news that the Braves have made coming up in our next segment, including a couple of big names who were non-tendered. We'll also talk about uh, another arm added to the Braves' pen as the Braves signed Kirby Yates to a two-year deal. Brian Snitker's contract extension, or uh, the contract uh, option picked up for 2024 as well. We'll get Ben's thoughts on all of that and much, much more as we continue on this week's edition of the Atlanta Braves Clubhouse Report. The Braves Clubhouse Report on 680 The Fan. Cold months in the South mean that rodents, critters, and pests are trying to find a way into your warm house. Luckily, you can trust the pros at Arrow Exterminators to keep your home pest-free inside and out. Arrow protects homes and businesses and is the official pest control provider of Truist Park and the Braves. So you know you're getting the best from the best. To set up a free pest inspection, call 888-GO-ARROW or visit arrowexterminators.com. It's going to be a huge offseason for your World Series champs, so make sure you keep it locked to the home of the Braves for the breaking news, exclusive updates from our team of truest reporters and the most connected Brave staff in the South. Dansby, a rope to deep left field. That one's rising. Kiss it goodbye. Everything you need to know about the Braves as it breaks will be right here on your home for the World Series champions, the fan. Now, here's more Braves talk from inside the clubhouse. This is the Atlanta Braves Clubhouse Report, presented by Arrow Exterminators, on the home of the Braves, the fan, 680 and 93.7 FM. Glad to have you with us for this week's edition of the Braves Clubhouse Report, right here on your home for the world champs, the fan, 680 and 93.7 FM. Alongside Ben Ingram, Kevin McAlpin here with you, uh, taking you up to 2.30 when we'll turn it over to Chuck and Chernoff. All right, Ben, we, we sort of talked about this in uh, segment number one, a busy week around Major League Baseball as a lot of teams are trying to get business done before things likely shut down tonight at midnight. And the Braves making some news as they signed Kirby Yates to a two-year $8.25 million deal. Now, Yates, a couple of years ago, was one of the best closers in baseball. And uh, this is, uh, I think, a really nice addition to the back end of the Braves' pen partnering him up with guys like Matzik and Minter and what we saw from Will Smith. I feel pretty good about the, the back four or five guys in this bullpen right now, don't you? Yeah, I think so. I mean, what we saw in, in the postseason was them at their very best, and, and we saw some good stuff down the stretch. We saw good stuff from the entire team, obviously, down the stretch. They continued to get better and better and better. But once you got to the postseason, uh, they were almost superhuman, some of those guys. I mean, we, we saw 
the best version of Will Smith. He didn't give up anything. Tyler Matzik became uh, legendary, and, and I still go back to his three strikeout performance against the Dodgers in Game Six. It's just the darndest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> just unbelievable. Um, but yeah, I think you feel really good about where they are in the bullpen, and you're always looking to add guys. And Kirby Yates is a guy with experience. We'll see how he bounces back from the injury that he had last year with a Tommy John. Um, at, at his age, I guess you could say you well, you could be a little bit concerned, given that he's 34 years old. He'll be 35 uh, towards the end of spring training. But a guy with experience, and I, I don't, I wouldn't say that you're relying on him to be your closer or anything like that. He's made. He's been a guy who's gone 60-plus appearances three or four seasons. So um, looking for depth, looking for experience, he can provide that, and hopefully he's healthy and can be another guy that you lean on. You go back to his last full season, 2019. He saved 41 games that led the National League for the San Diego Padres. 60 appearances, a 119 ERA, and he finished ninth in the Cy Young voting. He was also an all-star that year. And again, I don't think the Braves are bringing him in here uh, to be that guy that had 101 punch-outs and 60 and two-thirds innings. But if you can get even you know 75%, 65-70% of what he was in 2019, he'll be worth every penny of what you're paying him the next yeah, couple he, years. He could definitely bring you some value, but, and I think it's because of how you'd be using him. And, and obviously it's impossible to say on December the 1st exactly how they're going to be using a player. We'll see how that develops over the course of spring training and the season. But I've said this before, having more good players is never a problem. Mm-hmm. And, and if he's healthy and knows how to get outs, then you're adding another piece of depth to your bullpen. So that's always a big thing. And um, just another piece of, of the pie. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm so glad the team won the World Series the way that they did this year because this is something you and I have discussed. I know Chris has before as well, where it, it seems every year that there's always an emphasis on, on your team being 100% what you need them to be by opening day. And that mm-hmm. simply isn't the case. Right. You don't need that. I know that teams that can spend a lot of money, what the Mets are doing right now, the Dodgers, the Red Sox, the Yankees, they want to have all 26 guys, top to bottom, know everybody's role, come opening day. And that, that simply isn't a necessity. It's nice if you can do that, I'm sure. But at the same time, if you give me a contender, let me be a contender for four months. Let me have enough on the field to contend. Uh, see what I am, see what my needs might be, and then address those needs of the trade deadline and then turn on the Jets for the final 60 games of the season, go into the postseason at that point. But I, I've, the baseball season is so long, and I've never understood this overwhelming emphasis on being a complete team for opening day. I want to be a good team. I want to be a contender. I want to continue to get better as the season goes on um, and, and address what needs you may have. And that's exactly what this team did this season. Now, you can't always rely on... 88 wins getting you the division. Right. Uh, you don't want to be a clunker in, in March and April and have to dig yourself uh, out of a hole. But at the same time, uh, I, I think so long as you're kind of feeling it out in those first few months and you're competing, you give yourself an opportunity to really see what you are, get better and better than when you get into the season where it's, it's really rubber meeting the road. Make you some trades, get exactly what you need, address those needs, and take off from there. And that's what this team did this season. Yeah, it was so much fun to watch because even into the second week of August, this was a team that hadn't been over 500. We're thinking it just doesn't feel like it's in the cards for this team. And yeah. they, like you said, they, they just found another level, and all the guys they acquired in, in July uh, all had a big-time impact. Now, one of those guys 
non-tendered yesterday. And a little little surprising, uh, Richard Rodriguez, uh, along with Johan Camargo and Jaciel De La Cruz, all non-tendered by the Braves. They did tender contracts to everybody else, including Dansby Swanson, Max Freed. Uh, we also saw Guillermo Heredia getting a one-year, $1 million deal. Orlando Arcia, a two-year, $3 million deal. Kind of like that move as well. Really nice to have uh, that kind of glove as a, as a backup middle infielder because, let's be honest, you really didn't have that guy should something happen to, to Dansby or Ozzy up the right. middle. Yeah, that's true. And I think when it came down to it, the guys that you felt 100% would get deals, they got that done, yeah. tendered them a deal. And there are some guys on the fence. Um, and I think when it comes down to it, and you're used to seeing a guy in your organization for so many years, it's almost unbelievable when it doesn't happen. But I think we all knew that some of those guys would be on the fence. I'd have thrown Newcomb as a guy that was mm-hmm. on the fence where it did work out for him. Camargo is definitely on the fence. I mean, looking at how he was used this year compared to previous years, uh, a, a significant decline right. in, in his usage at the big league level. I had a really good AAA season. Uh, but I think you felt like there were better options, and given that that was the case and you're working on what you saw this year, then I, to me that's uh, that told the story for their decision to, to not tender him a deal. Yeah. Uh, Richard Rodriguez is interesting because now you look back on that and that becomes an interesting trade. I think at the time when you grabbed him, he provided some immediate depth in your bullpen. Uh, you knew that you could use him in non-save situations that felt like save situations. What right. I mean by that is, let's say you had a 3-2 lead, and it's the seventh inning, and the, the let's say the Phillies got 2-3-4 coming up. Well, I could use him right there, uh, and then come the ninth inning, I could use Will Smith. So in other, in, instead of making him your closer in the ninth inning, you're able to use him, pick your spots. And I think that worked for a little while. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then towards the end of the season, uh, it, it just seemed like his fastball location wasn't there. And when that wasn't there, then that ball was flying out of the ballpark. And we didn't see him in the postseason. So given what happened that late and how he wasn't a big part of what you did in the postseason, uh, I guess it shouldn't be surprising that they went the way that they did with that, although you gave up a starting pitcher to, to get him. From the deadline to September 5th, Richard Rodriguez had a 108 ERA, just one homer in 16 and two-thirds innings. That covered 17 appearances. His final 10 appearances, five home runs in nine and a third, and it was an ERA close to seven. You so said was, through September the 5th? Through September the okay. 5th, correct. So, so the final month. Yeah, it just didn't work out for him. Right. Okay, couldn't keep the ball in the ballpark. But the point being, you probably don't win a division without those good solid, what, four, four and a half weeks of the work that he gave you out of the back sure. of the Sure, well, I mean, it takes a lot. I mean, you look over the course of a season, and I mean, think about the homers that, that Pablo hit mm-hmm. in, in April. And when you get down to it, and I know the Braves, looking back on it, if you look at the division standings from a year ago, well, they won the division by six and a half games yeah. or something like that, which looks comfortable. It didn't feel comfortable. No. Not until the last maybe four or five days of the season. So what I'm getting at is is it, it takes all sorts of moments over the course of a long season. And sure, Richard provided some. Uh, Pablo provided some. There are guys that you didn't think about after July who provided some moments, a win here, a win there, that ultimately got you where you needed, and fortunately 88 was enough. Mm -hmm. And uh, when he was good, he was very good and really helped the ball club a lot. It's been a busy couple of days around Major League Baseball. Tons of money being handed out all around the game. Of course, all eyes here in Atlanta still on Freddie Freeman. What's going to happen with his future? Uh, I think a lot of us still feel like he will be back. Uh, Ben and I will squeeze in a quick break. When you and I return, we'll talk about some of those moves that have been made, some of the big-time deals 
including Corey Seager getting $325 million. Max Scherzer back in the National League East. We'll get to all of that as we turn you over to Chuck and Chernoff. Coming up next right here on your home of the Braves, the Fan 680 at 93.7 FM. This is the Braves Clubhouse Report, exclusively on 680 The Fan. Nobody loves college football like Atlanta, and nobody delivers the biggest games like the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. We're offering 680 The Fan listeners a one-time chance to buy tickets to this year's bowl game and next year's playoff semifinal game with the same seats at the same price for both years. What you pay for this year's Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl is the same price you'll pay to see the playoff next December, and your semifinal payment can be deferred until 2022. Supplies are very limited. Claim your seats today at CFAPB.com. You're listening to the Braves Clubhouse Report, presented by Arrow Exterminators, exclusively on Atlanta's sports station, the home of the Braves, the fan. It's our final segment with you here on this week's edition of the Braves Clubhouse Report. With you every Wednesday, 2 to 2.30 right here on The Fan. Good to have Ben Ingram in studio as well. We are, we're kind of reunited. First time we've done this show in studio together, what, about a yeah, year or so? about a year. Wow, man, time flies, doesn't it? Uh, hey, uh, it's been a good time for uh, a number of guys who were hitting the open market this offseason. My goodness, the spending spree around Major League Baseball, highlighted by Corey Seager getting $325 million. Uh, he's going to the Texas Rangers, as is Marcus Simeon. We, we knew Simeon was going to get paid this offseason. Did you see $175 million for seven years coming for Simeon? Those guys have spent between those two that you mentioned, Simeon and Seager, and then John Gray, over half a billion dollars. Um, the the figures for Seager don't shock me. They just It shocks me where they're coming from. Mm-hmm. Everyone that I spoke with towards the end of the season said he's going to be in Yankee pinstripes. Uh, I kept hearing the, the, the Dodgers might make an offer, but not to say that they didn't like him, but maybe he wasn't their favorite guy. Yeah, That's what I heard. And and part of the Trey Turner trade was to say, well, if we don't bring back Seager, Trey Turner's our shortstop of the future, so he will be there in L.A. So I knew that Seager would get big-time dollars. I just didn't think it would be from Texas. And I, and I really like what somebody uh, tweeted. I'm, it was one of the baseball national writers. Somebody uh, He asked somebody in the front office for the Rangers uh, about all this money that they're spending, uh, spending over $500 million on those three deals. And the, the Rangers representative said, well, what do you want us to do? Sit around and get our butts kicked for another year? <laughs> right. Why not now? Yeah. And I thought that was a really good point. You know, they're tired of losing and tired of, of being bad the way that they have been. So they're spending. And the, the top two contracts that have been issued up until yesterday were the, the Simeon and the Seeger deal. So uh, that's interesting. The Scherzer deal is very, very interesting to me. Uh, I, I Look, I, I'm a huge Max Scherzer fan. I'm, I'm very, uh, I very much respect what he's accomplished. I thought three years at $42.3 million a year for a guy who's pushing 38 was pretty high. Yeah. And uh, I say go spend away, and um, I, I still expect the Braves to be the team to beat so long as the Braves bring back Freddie Freeman. I still view the, the Braves as the team that everybody's going to be chasing. Mets have spent a lot of money this offseason. Scherzer, they had Starling Marte, they had Marcana on a two-year deal, Eduardo Escobar as well. We knew that New York had deep pockets. Steve Cohen right. has basically said, money's no object. It's about winning right now. But they do lose out on Javi Baez. He goes to the Detroit, Detroit, uh, the Detroit Tigers, easy for me to say. So there is some question marks as far as what they're going to look like. I, I'll be honest, $43 million a year for a 38-year-old Max Scherzer. 
it's a little interesting they went that high. I, th- uh-huh. I still felt like he was going to end up in Southern California. I felt like L.A. was the spot for him. Uh, but like I said, they, they have made it uh, no bones about it. Money is not an issue. But really interesting to see how the rest of the division plays out. Marlins have been active already. Haven't heard a whole lot from Philly or, or Washington yet. But, of course, all eyes now on Freddie Freeman. I still feel like he's he's back. I don't think it happens today. I think this happens once uh, the work stoppage is resumed. But I, I don't know how you feel about it. But I still find it hard to believe we're going to see Freddie wearing any other jersey than a Braves uniform. Now, again, it, this could have happened a year ago. This could right. have happened during the season. So it is still a little scary. But I still feel like Freddie ends up back here in Atlanta. Sure, and there's so much that we don't know as to what happens behind closed doors. I know we're running out of time, so I'll try to make this quick. But... I don't know. I'm surprised that we've gotten to the point that we have. Yeah. I felt like this would take place last winter. It didn't. I thought it happened by opening day. It didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, so to be in this position, that's what I'm really surprised at. But I'm with you. I still feel like if he ends up in another team's uniform, I'll be shocked. And I hope I'm not shocked because uh, it is such a pleasure seeing him in a Braves uniform. There's so much value, in my opinion, to having him as a lifer in your uniform. I don't think you can put a price tag on that. So hopefully he's back wearing a tomahawk across his chest and we get to see him for another six years. Yeah, hopefully even longer. Maybe we'll see what ends up happening. He has a first baseman, keeps himself in great shape. We feel like the DH is coming back as well uh, to the National League. So I I don't worry about him aging. I think he's going to be a guy that's going to keep himself in great shape. And I don't worry about what's it going to look like in his age 37 yeah, or 38 about that. you know what you win one more world series who who cares what it looks like that's how i feel yeah well i know what he's going to look like for the next three or four years i feel <laughs> yeah. and that's that's the guy i want on my team yeah well we uh we could do this all day man it was awesome having you back in studio we do have to turn it over to chuck and churn off but uh ben always good to see you my friend uh we'll do this again during the off season and hopefully next time we do this we're talking about the CBA being resolved. We're talking about Freddie signing here in Atlanta and a lot more good stuff. Talk about to just baseball. Exactly. Yeah, just baseball. The on-the-field product. Uh, by the way, uh, two and a half months till spring training. Better, Let's go. Better start packing that I back. agree. I agree. All right, well, that's going to do it for us. Time to turn you over to Chuck and Chernoff. We'll do it again next Wednesday as we bring you another edition of the Braves Clubhouse Report right here on your home of the world champs. This is the Fan 680 at 93.7 FM. Thanks for joining us for the latest on your Atlanta Braves on WCNN North Atlanta, a Dickey Broadcasting Station. Have you thought about securing your hard-earned assets? Do you have concerns about the future? Protecting assets is crucial, and that's where Nelson Elder Care Law excels. As a family-owned and family-focused firm, we provide absolute assurance and peace of mind through our trademarked Absolute Protection Trust, tailored services in estate planning, probate administration, Medicaid crisis solutions, guardianship, and conservatorship. Our goal is to exceed your expectations and empower informed decisions. Visit NelsonElderCareLaw.com for asset protection and peace of mind. Right now, American heroes are in some of the most dangerous places on earth, risking their lives to protect our freedom. But there are a forgotten group of heroes here at home. They face fear, loneliness, and despair, the ever-present threat of losing a loved one. These are the brave sons and daughters of the U.S. military, and they are heroes too. American Bible Society brings the hope and comfort of God's Word to the kids that need it most. Honor a hero and donate today at AmericanBible.org hero.
Make the most out of your daily commute or next road trip in a new Audi from Audi Atlanta. And what better way to do it than behind the wheel of a stylish Audi A5 Sportback. Hey, it's Finn, along with my friends at Audi Atlanta, here to introduce this city to the Audi A5 Sportback. With a versatile and athletic design, the beauty lies within. Combining the sleekness of a coupe with the practicality of a four-door hatchback. And right now, you can lease the Audi A5 Sportback for $537 per month. Find yours at AudiAtlanta.com. And you Use the Jim Ellis Expressway to start or complete your entire purchase online or shop in person on Petrie Boulevard just inside the perimeter. Experience the thrill of driving like never before at Audi Atlanta. Offer applies to a 36-month lease, 2024 Audi A5 Sportback 40, 537 per month, 10,000 miles per year with 4731 due at signing. Example stock number A25954, MSRP 49905, excludes tax, tag, and title fees. Offer expires 531.24 with approved credit.